Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. I go by the name of Chris Frizzell. We have Blue Shinder in the building, and today we have a special guest. Everybody give it up for Julie Ketazimi. How are you doing, Julie? I'm doing good. So, you have a big announcement for Mescalero. Well, most everybody knows. Yes. You're a, put your name in for council, and you made it to the first round. How do you feel? Um, I feel good. A little nervous, my first time, my first time doing any sort of huge public office kind of thing, so. Yeah. yeah. What brought you to it? What, what made that decision that you wanted to, wanted to run for council? Um, I think we need people, more people our age in there. We need a younger demographic. We need to see things from our point of view. Um, I think the tribe needs to stay in the race for for being on top um i know like when wendell chino was alive we were up there we were one of the top tribes in, across america definitely yeah. he spoke for everyone he spoke for all native americans and i think we need to get back to that definitely so how was the experience so far just uh the first round um the first round for that day it was pretty tiring it was Something different, something I've never done. Um, serving people wasn't bad, but it's just like the hard questions they have. They ask you, like, what are your ideas? What are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for us? How are you going to change how it's going now? Um, a lot of that. And then a lot of the elders will come up to you and just speak fluent Apache. And I'm not a fluent Apache speaker, so mm. it was pretty hard, but... I mean, I got through it. Was there a, a question that you got more or a concern that you got more most? Like the number one concern that tribal members have? Um, a lot of the concern was, what am I going to do once I'm in there? Am I going to work hard for the community or am I going to just kind of sit back? A lot of people just straight up ask you when you're like, you know, you, you want to work. This is what you're signing up for. Obviously, you don't want to just go in there and not do anything you want to make a good name for yourself you want to show um what you've worked for your whole life um i went to school i i've been working with the inn for quite a while i've learned a lot in marketing i um i like to participate in traditional stuff we like to cook my mom my mom cooks a lot at the feast so I'm always, I like, we like to help her as a whole family. So I figure somebody like me who's willing to work, willing to learn, and just willing to work with the community, work with kids. That's one of my favorite things to do is working with kids. So Nice. So maybe we can back it up a little bit. Where did, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to Eastern New Mexico University. And, you're, and you're, uh, where did you go to uh, high school and elementary and all that? 
Um, in elementary, I went to Mescalero until about maybe fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Tularosa from there. Nice. So I graduated, you graduated from, from Tule? Yes. And then uh, Eastern New Mexico University, you said? Yes. College? And what was your degree? Um, I got an associate's in computer science, and I got a bachelor's in vocational, technical and vocational education. Awesome. And now you're in the marketing department, right? Yes. Real, nice. real quick, can we, um, can we talk about your, your parents? Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was good friends with your dad and stuff like that. Can we uh, name drop your parents real quick? Yeah, so my dad is Lake Mike Rocha. And my mom is Jackie Lester. Uh, my paternal grandparents are Bowen Lester. Um, my paternal grandmother is June Herrera from Cochiti Pueblo. Um, my paternal grandmother's uh, late Clarice and Richard Rocha. So that's where. Awesome. Just a little bit of a background in case you know somebody doesn't um, know who you are, where you come from. Um, but yeah, I saw your, uh, your boot. I saw it when I saw your name going in there, I was thinking, oh man, it's kind of like a tough one. Your dad's not here to see that, you know, but of course he's, he's watching, you know, he's watching. Um, I don't, I don't really know, uh, anyone else in your family like too well as well as I knew your dad, but, um, and you have, uh, and you're married and you have a son. Yeah. My husband is Aaron Kedzini and my son, Juchi. Awesome. All right. Big shout out to them, Aaron and Jude. Yeah, uh, we can definitely sense that uh, you're big on family. You got a, uh, you, you know, you brought your, your son's here with us, which is awesome. He's got his, his little coloring papers out, and you guys seem like to be a really good family. And I think that's something that's going to really um, help you in this in this race here. It's just to, for everyone to know that you're family driven, and um, yeah, it's definitely a good good perk, you know, something good to see. Yeah, I'm. I really like being around my family, um, not just th- this family, but my whole extended family. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big thing. Um, I like working with the community and Jude, my son, he's like, he's a big talker. He likes to talk to the community. Every time we go somewhere, he's always talking to everyone. So he might be better at this job than me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess uh, to get down to the nitty gritty, um, what, what is your your number one or your biggest goal or is there something on your mind that you want to accomplish if you were to make it through the through your next round of, of votes um yeah well first off i want to work for the community um i'd say kind of before the covid thing me and my husband were pretty much living in the gym um we ran tournaments we ran uh, the local league for basketball for volleyball just whatever we could do with the community, we tried to do that. We we stayed at the gym like almost every weeknight, just trying to have stuff for people to do besides trouble, besides mm-hmm. bad stuff. I think I think that's that's my main goal is like community work. We need like stuff for the kids. We need to have the leagues back for the little kids. We need to have. I think our population is big enough that we can we can do stuff on our own. Right now, I'm taking my son to Ridoso to play. I used to take my daughter to Ridoso to play volleyball when she was younger. And I think 
we're big enough to have our own, to have our own basketball, our own football, all that stuff for little kids. And also, I want to see like, um, they propose like a gym, a workout area. I want to see that also. Nice. I know it's a small thing, but I think for the community, it's a big thing. We have health problems. We have depression. We have, um, I know like a lot of people are diabetic and the, the easiest way to change that is to start with the kids. Yeah. So that's, that's one of my biggest goals. Mm. You seem very, um, like communal, communal driven and I guess that's probably going to be your, um, your biggest asset by jumping on this platform is, uh, we're not, we're not coming to you asking like, what are you going to do for us? What do you, what do you, um, we're not trying to put you on the spot by talking to you in, in, in Apache or anything like that. But I guess now is your chance to really, um, exploit your tools and your interests here. Um, but you know, being family driven and, uh, having a strong communal, I guess, uh, vision is, is definitely going to be a perk because I'm sure a lot of people agree that we, we can have bigger co- community resources as far as like your, you know, your sports and after school activities and stuff. And, and, that, and I think it's also a big plus for you that you are you grew up, you know, going to feasts and cooking and stuff like that with your family and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but I think also another big tool for you on your side is that um, you are a lot younger in age than what we're used to seeing and when people are running for um, these types of things and stuff. So um, one, one thing that I told I told you in the tent is like you're you're representing our our age demographic now. Just don't get nervous. Stay confident. Because I think um, a lot of people are going to be rooting for you, being that you're younger, you know. So uh, being younger is going to be tough because, you know, you already saw a little bit of the heat in your at your stand and people are coming and trying to hit you with the language and stuff. And maybe that's something we can talk about next is um, I, I don't think it's definitely a negative um, hit on you that you, you can't speak the language because none of us can. Like I can relate, Chris can relate. Yeah. Um and, you know, the, I've talked about this on this podcast before. The fingers always pointed at us, like, how come you don't know our language by now? But at the same time, it's like, why weren't we taught? You know, like, I want to point the finger back. Like, you know, it's it, it's also, we, we were kids. We were born not knowing the language. You know, we're not going to be born and choose, like, when we're young. Like, hey, I want to be fluent. Like, it's not something on your mind when you're five, you know. But whenever you're older, you know, I feel like, there should have been a stronger, uh, I guess, like a stronger um, concentration on us as kids. Like, I don't think it's completely our fault we don't know it, you know. But now that we're older, we have to go out and learn it. And there's not a lot of resources to learn it. I feel the same way. Um, I noticed that a lot of people that do speak Apache would come straight up to me and just start talking Apache. And, like, I don't completely understand I know a lot of the basics. I went to elementary school in Mescalero. Um, some of my Apache teachers, I see them. Like, even I've, I saw my Apache teacher, um, Miss Ortega. She said hello, and she told me, like, you know, you still understand a little. Don't, don't be scared. And then, so, like, I think we do have a language gap, and it can be changed. It can be brought back to the tribe but it it is up to us the people our age and it's up to us to 
to rescue it from the youth. So starting to teach our kids a lot more when they're younger mm. so that they know it. Like if you go into your Apache class, then just have them speaking nothing but Apache, especially like kindergarten level, Head Start level. We need those those teachers that are fluent. We need them in there teaching the kids and the parents when they go home. You can't just stop it there. You have to practice it with them. If we really want to rescue it, we all have to work at it. I know um, for a couple years at the end, at the end, they'd have classes. I know they have classes at the library right now, like on Wednesdays or something like that with uh, Mr. Geronimo. Yeah. But like we really have to concentrate on it and really try to learn it. You can't just say, well, how are you going to rescue the language? But not everybody participates. Everybody has to participate in um get it like into their kids' head that you need to learn this, you know, this is where we come from, this is part of our history, it makes us stronger. We really do need to learn it and everybody has to put effort into it, not just a few. Definitely. Other than the language was was there another question or concern that you kept hearing that day out there when you had your booth? Um just I know there was a lot of stuff asking, like, do you know the Constitution? Are you going to abide by the Constitution? Um, I won't say I know the Constitution by heart, but I've started to read it. I'm, I've looked at everything. I looked at all the articles. Also looked at the dates and how far back they date. Mm-hmm. Saying, like, 1930s, 60s, 80s. Like, yeah. that, that's really old. So I know that one thing that needs to happen is it just needs to be looked at completely and updated and revised. Yeah. Like, I think when they first made it, they probably made it for more of how they were living back in those days. So mm-hmm. we just really need to review it and update it. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, um, I was, I was trying to, I was going to jump into that. You already hit it. Um, you know, time, times change very quickly, you know, in the span of, you know, when some of us, you know, born like uh, 90 and, Late '80s, we saw we saw an amazing um, time develop in front of us. We saw cell phones come out and turn into iPhones and turn into Androids. And we saw the evolution of the internet and we saw how that changed the world. And it changed the world very quickly. And uh, now now we have a lot of access to a lot of things. Um, things were just flooded into our reservation that we, we never could have dreamed um, back in 1995. You know, and now we're looking at we're looking at life through a different lens. And I think you have a very um, advantageous uh, position because you you saw that and you're you're ahead of the times a little bit, but you still have a lot of years ahead of you. Um, so I think for this to coincide with how, like you said, those constitution was written, there there's so much change in the world. There's so much change in how we live our lives now, and I think there's some there's a little bit of gaps here and there. I, I don't think our constitu- constitution is. Um, that bad, but I, I think you're right. I think it does need a little bit of updating and stuff. So that's cool to hear. That's cool to hear that your um, your eyes are focused there. As I, I always I always kind of thought that too. It's like, um, do we update it, you know, or do we kind of just like live in a set of rules that were written like so far back? Like, are we always like, do we always have to abide by that, or can can we revise that as time goes on? You know, I, I'm not well versed in in the Constitution, um, but I but I always just you know it's just a thought. Like when I'm looking at rules and. How, how we do things now. Yeah. I, well, just looking at it, 
I've learned that uh, to change something or edit something, you have a certain amount of days. The, the council can pass it. It goes to the president. He has a certain amount of days to pass it or come back with written statements of how he can change it. Um, also, in order to change the actual, like, um, to change it out, you have to get in touch with the Secretary of State. Oh, really? It says him, so... Oh. That's how old it is. So it, yeah. it's like it's Deb Holland right now, right? So yeah. that's that's how that's how you know how old it is. That it says him. Yeah. A lot of the reference in there is him, men, everything. So wow. pronouns. Are what and it was probably white man back then. Huh? Yep, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, your your strengths. You know, you you don't have to be a perfect person to run. You know, you don't have to be. You don't have to know how to recite because there are people out there who have probably been reading this constitution maybe for twenty years. Maybe they got interested in it when they were 30, now they're 50, and can probably come quiz you, you know? But that's not up to you to be, like, so, like, rehearsed in it. You can just spit any uh, article verbatim, you know? I think what you're bringing to the table is going to outweigh your ability to recite, like, any article, you know? So uh, this is unique for me to watch because I'm kind of relating, living vicariously now. I'm like, how would I handle that situation? I started thinking about it a lot more after talking to you at your booth. And um, I'm glad it's, uh, I, you know, it sounds kind of selfish, but I'm glad it's not me going through it first. <laughs> Watching you go through it, it's kind of cool. Though. It's like there's probably a lot of like um, stress. Are you, do you feel like any kind of stress about anything like that? Honestly, I don't feel too much stress about the work, about learning the Constitution, about helping people, about being honest. The My biggest stress is just public speaking. Public speaking. <laughs> I, I can do the rest. I can work. I can help people. I can help the community. I can put on events. Um, you can even maybe ask people that have been to a tournament of mine or, you know, like when you're supposed to give the long speech. I remember, God, I don't know how many years ago when they used to have like the best of the best and all ended and they would have like late Abraham Chi who would run it. Yeah. And at the end he would run like... Um, the rewards and he'd give a long old speech and he'd say you know i'm giving this to them and them and efforts and everything i that's not my oh yeah that's not my thing so at the end of the tournament i'm just like well we need to get this stuff away and i just sometimes i just fear talking in front of everyone so i'll give i'll just like give them the basics and that's that the pictures will speak for itself the work speaks for itself um also have like my friend Taryn, she's good at public speaking, so I'll be like, "Can you just give a little speech and give the stuff away?" And oh, Taryn Yuzos, yeah, oh, yeah, big shout out to Taryn Yuzos. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, have you ever sat inside of a, a council meeting? Um, not in the actual chambers, but when they have like board meetings and stuff at the end on certain, just certain uh, stuff we're allowed to go in there for. Maybe to report on something or um, for Ski Apache when the director's not available, I'd have to sit in there. So I've I've heard some of the stuff that they talk about and do. So One thing everybody's always bringing up is transparency. As a tribal member, we want to know what's going on. Um, how would you say that should be handled? First, I need to know the rules on, you know, like they say there's, there's stuff in there that says we need to have um, a general meeting like Two times a year, three times a year. I think it like might that. be three, yeah. Three times a year. 
I would have to know the rules and try to get everyone to vote on it. I mean, no matter what, you're always going to. I think their biggest fear right, right. now is that they're just going to get fussed out. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of the office, I guess. Like people coming at you kind of negative. Yeah. But we do. We do need to let people know what's going on. We, A lot of tribal members, all of us basically, we don't know what's going on. We don't hear anything. Um, what we hear could be from like a single a single uh, council member or a single so it's like they try but if not everybody's votes to do it then they don't do it Mm -hmm. I know that if I was in there I would vote to you know give the information to the public that they want it but to tribal members not to the whole entire public yeah how would how would we do that you think it would be like letters official or meeting general meetings or what do you think what's the best way I know when I was younger they had general meetings a lot like really? a lot more than they do now. I was I was really young though, maybe like teenager. Mm-hmm. And I remember them doing general meetings like with Mr. Tino and um but I don't really see it much anymore. And I know the last meeting they had, I didn't go to, so like when I was old enough to understand and say something, I didn't go, so. Yeah. They said it was just a lot of arguing, but I think the people need to understand that it's probably like a hard thing to represent yourself out there and then you're just going at them and being negative. Maybe you want to listen to what they have to say first and mm-hmm. judge less. Yeah. I think if, if y'all, you know, if you, you know, you get voted in and you start talking about it, there probably is a way to do it. If you just put your heads together, you guys can probably figure it out. Um, there's got, you know, maybe you can have mediators and security and, or something. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I'm sure if you guys all put your heads together, you can come up with a solution. Because, um, you know, I think there's been enough outcry now to where we probably do want to start addressing transparency. Um, maybe even if it wasn't on such a large scale of having uh, all these, like, public meetings. But maybe at least release, like, a letter. Or, like, hey, we had a meeting today. Here's what was discussed. Uh, or we can't discuss, you know, some things for private matters. We can't. Um, you know, there's just a little bit of info to, you know, topic and you see, you hear it. And I think the, the, the worst thing to that we go through is, um, you're like, oh yeah, there was a meeting today and it was like down to rumor mill and you heard it like three to like maybe six people later. Um, they're like, yeah, I heard this. I heard that. And that's the only way we get info, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, it's on the rumor mill. I heard there was a meeting today and this is what was, what was discussed. And I heard, and I heard, you know. Yeah. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if, like, there was a little, like, some kind of, like, info or news release somehow yeah. instead of having to hear all the info from the, in a rumor form? Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. So we already have an Apache Scout. So I, I think instead of trying to add more, just utilize what we already have. Maybe, like, putting statements out on it about what we met about. Right. I read um, an Apache Scout a few weeks ago, and I liked it. And I was like, man, I got to get my hands on these a lot more. They're not, I don't know where to get get one sometimes, but it was pretty cool. I saw some accomplishments and stuff on there, and the Apache Scout's still relevant. It's, it's still a neat, yeah. neat little resource, and uh, I wish it was, like, uh, a little bit more um, available. But, uh, yeah, maybe we can start digitalizing the Apache Scout. You know, you're marketing you know so honestly we we we're the one we get the digital file and we Mm -hmm. print it so i mean it's already there Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of i guess digitalizing mescalero getting people to turn in their 
turning their emails and getting an actual person that would be willing or, I guess, trained in a program to send it out. Mass yeah. email. That would be something good. That would be cool. Because, um, you know, when you're scrolling on your phone and you read everything <laughs> on Facebook, like all the info, like this is what was, re- you know, if you pushed out something like that, that would be cool. Um, like you said, maybe at least an email form so everyone can email it to each other. Just something simple, like you said, it doesn't need to be crazy. Maybe um, utilize what's already there. You already got the digital file. But uh, yeah, anyway, the, the transparency issue is always uh, your biggest argument when people are standing like trying to like um quote unquote fuss you know it's like well why what about transparency this transparency that we gotta address it somehow what would you say to having the the general meetings uh, posted online i think having it online for the public that'd be kind of giving away a lot of information to non-tribals yeah um if there was a way to do like I mean, there's always a way to do it, like a, something specific to the tribe. You know, you could do like a Zoom where you get a, like a code for yourself yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But just giving out to the general public all the information, I don't think that that's necessary. So, you know, like Ridoso will get it, Tuli will get it. This is what Ridoso, this is what Mescalero is doing. Yeah. You know, it would be good to have be able to do like a Zoom or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good ideas there. Did uh did you get a lot of questions about uh, housing when you're right there in your booth? Um, I didn't get too many, but I know that's a huge issue, and I honestly would have to learn the rules on housing and how that works, you know, because I know it's a different fund. Yeah. And um, did you all go to the the meeting they have for housing for getting the trailers and all that? I didn't. No. I don't know. So I mean. From what I understood is what we just had to sign up and we had to have a job and it was a little bit more for like the working class people so they can get somewhere to live and get a good boost with it. It's mm-hmm. like 50K. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I bought into that. I, I put my papers in, I put my application in and I think it was a good idea. We just need to make sure that it actually happens. A lot of people have good ideas. Yeah. A lot of people say things when they're running. Um, it's just the follow through. The follow through is what counts. The action. Does it really? Do you make a plan? Does it go forward? Do people finish what they say they're going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest goals. Is no matter what, what I say, what I say, I'm going to do. How hard I'm going to work is that I need to follow through with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, Definitely. that's a good point. And um, I, I think housing is, is starting to pick up a little bit and do, they, they released that letter and you saw everything at least on the, on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the past, like sometimes like these ideas get pushed out and no one kind of knows and everyone's kind of like sharing information. But um, this time I felt like what you were saying, like that whole 50K thing, um, it seemed like people were a little bit more informed on that process and stuff. And that's kind of hard though. You know, you see a lot of heartbreak whenever you're not, you don't get picked and you don't know why and maybe you felt like oh it's because their family's in travel council and they got picked or you know um there's a there's a lot of like stuff i don't i don't even want to look at or think about because it seems a little too tedious and stuff but you know from 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 where i'm looking at now i think uh there's a lot more funding coming out it seems like 
it seems like more people are getting in that position because I saw um, I have some friends who got their roofs worked on. They got like um, some of their houses. They got them um, remodeled a little bit here and there. They had like a what is it, like a twenty thousand dollar yeah fund. Those, yeah I yeah. think my mom did that too. So she's it takes a while, but she's doing it. I think she's gonna get her house remodeled or something like that. That's great. You know there there are there is some good stuff going on. Um, it's not all, all negative out there, but. Um, with you being so uh, nervous with like your public speaking skills and stuff, how, how do you feel in the setting of being around a table where you have to like you know talk and voice your opinion? You feel more comfortable there. I do. Yeah. I if I have something to say, the few meetings that I did get to sit in, if I had something to say, I would say it. You know, um, try to keep my manners and everything, but. If I had something to say, if I thought I had an idea that would help or be beneficial, I I let you know. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, the public speaking, the huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, something that I pick up from you, I think, is a breath of fresh air. Is that you do have a good set of manners on you, and you do know when and where, when, like how to speak. Is that like a skill you picked up um, growing up, or did someone kind of teach you like your tact? Um, I'd say. That's just how I was raised. Uh, my great grandma, late Neva Guitar, she taught us manners. Um, my great grandma, Etna Kamanti, she was big on manners. Um, besides my grandparents, like my aunts, my uncles, and my my other grandpas and grandmas, uh, like they all, they everybody, my whole family. Just I think we all grew up to know that we have to respect people and we have to, you know respect our elders and the kids are what makes the future that's basically what both sides of my family are mm-hmm. are about uh, that's, that's a huge strength for you i can sense right away um you got a strong sense of morals and you're very respectful and you do speak up when you need to when you do need something like i know firsthand like because i work you know it at the end like you'll call like hey this ain't working like can you come fix this like you seem very like stern about what you need you don't seem like you ever beat around the bush. You don't seem like you ever like um, you ever shy to to mention things. So I, I that's that's a great attribute you have to be stern but respectful. You know that's a that's a hard yeah. one to build. Yeah. So that, good strength for you there. Um, so uh, for people thinking about they're on, you're on the fence of voting. You know Julie's a good uh, good voice for a younger younger people in that aspect. Definitely. You said earlier um, you wanted to, one of your main goals was you wanted to follow through and you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Do you have any other main goals if you do get in there as a, as a council member? Um, I think we need to look at other sources of revenue besides the inn. Mm. I know we all work there and yeah. we do like the best we can, but we do need to find other revenues of income for the tribe. Um, we live by the sawmill for I don't know how long and I don't know like how much money it made and everything, but that's something to look into. We have property in Alamogordo that has a sawmill and it just basically sits there Mm -hmm. that we need to utilize. We have a lot of open land on our reservation that can be used um, going to other tribes to seeing what they do, what they build for their community. There's a lot of opportunity. There's um, solar energy that can be utilized, energy for the inn, for the tribal members that can be made you know we have we have land out there to use it we can grow stuff we can grow our own vegetables our own 
I mean, we already have our cattle growers, but we can grow for ourselves, maintain ourselves. Um, also, I think marijuana is something that we should look into as a tribe. Um, it's it's there. It's for profit. Mm-hmm. How many? I've seen at least 16 shops in Rito. So. Yep, yep. And say they, I don't know how much they make, but say they make a million a year. Mm-hmm. So that's what, 16 million at yeah. the least. Yeah. That's money we're missing. Yeah. The tribe is missing. And it really seriously needs to be looked into. I know like the older people and just people in general that think it's maybe bad or not. Mm. You know, it's on the negative side, but it's not. One it's, thing I've, I always hear about that, they say, well, if we do it, we're going to lose, um, what is it, federal funding mm-hmm. that we get. And what do you know what that is exactly? I don't. I don't. I haven't looked all the way into it, but I know there's there has to be a way around it. We're a yeah. sovereign nation. We should be able to make our own decisions. Yeah. That's that's what we're here for, right? The council is to be the sovereign nation, govern govern our sovereign nation. So I think it needs to be looked into. Definitely. Um, I'm just jealous you beat me to that uh, topic because I was going to bring that up. So what's your thoughts on this? Because um, whenever. I think we were in a good position to, to start that before it was fully legalized um, in the state. I think um, we were we could have beat some people to the punch on that one and been like you know monopoly to for a little while and but we might have missed our chance um, to you know get that big boom. Uh, but yeah, I was always wondering like can can we beat the state to legalize it and sell it and we could have just made a lot of money there. But I'm always thinking like these ideas and, you know, I'm sure there's someone out there that um, knows all the details to why we couldn't do it or why we didn't do it. But um, I was a little let down that we we weren't the first tribe to legalize and sell it. And I was a little let down. We haven't capitalized on it yet. And I had a lot of feelings on that, too, because, um, you know, it's, it's legal everywhere else. And in my opinion, you know, we allow um, alcohol, which is, a you know, we poison ourselves and our livers and our kidneys. And uh it's so backwards to me that metal, uh, marijuana is used for like medicinal purposes. You never you seen a doctor prescribe alcohol to heal you, but uh, marijuana is the one that's illegal still, you know. So I was like, why aren't we selling that? You know, we had a bar, we had a tribal bar, and that seemed like a lot more negative than having a dispensary. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I was just a little confused, I guess, over the years. I think people are finally starting to realize that it's not bad, you know. Stigma. That, yeah. yeah, that... Whenever you see like a simple uh, marijuana leaf nowadays, it's not what it was 10 years ago. People right. look at that, oh, that's a drug. But nowadays you can see that and it's being more accepted. Right. And right. That, that's a good thing, I think. And you see the older um, generations that are in the, you know, your council, maybe they voted it down because when they were kids, the stigma was a lot stronger. Yeah. And, you know, and now um, we get to utilize Julie if she makes to do the next round. And but, hey, we're a younger voice, you know, pushes through, you know, hear me out. Um, so that that's something that's cool to watch, like the collabs of like a younger generation with older generation. Maybe it was just all stigma. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's probably some details in here we don't know, yeah. which you know why why we're speaking on it now. But I mean, uh, it's not. We don't have to sell it. I mean, we do have to sell it, but we don't have to make a dispensary or mm-hmm. however whatever people think about it. We can grow it and we can sell it in mass mm-hmm. mass numbers to the people that are selling it and let mm-hmm. them take care of it. But know that. We're still making money. You can use our land. and Well, that, that's definitely a, a good idea. Like, you're right. We don't have to have a, a dispensary or anything. We can sell it to... Th- there might be a need for it, but um, 
I keep thinking, like going back to that, like I hope we didn't miss our, our window to really capitalize on that because maybe there's so many people growing it now, you know, maybe they are. But anyway, you know, there, there's always like a lot of ideas other than marijuana. We have a lot of like resources that we can uh, utilize our land for. Um, as far as like, you know, everyone always talks about the sawmill and stuff. I, I don't know all the details on that one either. And it might have went under for certain reasons um, that I don't understand. So I, I don't really comment too much on that one. But in, in, with our mountain, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. I was thinking about this on the way to this podcast. You know, we're kind of losing some of those big winters. Uh, we are going to have to come up with something quick. We're going to have to start coming up with some good ideas to replace like some of that revenue we're used to seeing. You know, what, what if the mountain, what if the snow just keeps dwindling? And, uh, you know, just, you know, there's a lot, a lot of ideas we need to start coming up with and capitalizing on. We kind of sat back on that, um, like the marijuana one you're talking about and stuff. Uh, you have any other ideas like that we can try to do to make money for the tribe? Um, I know at the mountain we can do a lot of things besides just skiing and snowboarding. Um, we can utilize our zip lines a lot more. We can do tubing, sledding. We have a man-made machine that can run at any temperature. We can use that for... Whatever kind of parks we try to build. Um, if you've ever seen, uh, I think it's South or North Dakota, one of their tribes. Mm-hmm. They have a huge park there with um, sledding, night sledding. Um, and that's all they run. It's just those. And they make a lot of money off of it. They run music and lights and turn it into like a family thing. Um, we also have land below Ski Apache where we could do, we could start things down there. Like Eagle Creek, mm-hmm. we you've seen already. They have a, a coaster. Mm-hmm. We're kind of late on that, but we can still build our own. There's a lot of people around, and if you haven't seen how packed it is, like every day over there, they have a line, and mm-hmm. and it doesn't even matter how many people are there if they're parking at the store next to the um, softball complex, they'll still wait in line just to do that. People from Texas. Um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people, a lot of population to come and do the higher elevation activities. It's so hot um, around us, and we have all this land. We can do stuff like that to to mm-hmm. bring them around. Um, I know I've also talked to my boss, and he has ideas of like a small skiing mountain at the bottom of the hill, mm-hmm. where uh, the climate is different because. Uh, my husband he used to make snow, and even in his what seven to ten years of making snow, he's noticed um, the temperature change. Um, how sometimes the cold temperature will be at the bottom of the hill instead of the top, mm-hmm. and we still have land down there. So I mean, if the temperature is down there, we should chase that temperature and get stuff going down there too. We could use a beginner mountain down there. You don't know how many people come to ski Apache that have never skied, never snowboard. Mm-hmm. And that's all they want to do is just try it. If we had a shorter drive and a small mountain at the bottom of the hill, we could capitalize on that. We could put a, like a kids park down there for the winter. We could we could utilize that land a lot. And um, all we'd have to do is just inform them, you know, like a couple miles up, there's another one, you know, so you don't yeah. have to stay in line. I think that's going to be another one of your strengths too is that you know the area really well, you know. Um, I'm sure we can always figure it out, whatever the logistics are and stuff. And 
I see uh, a lot of people come through and, and they have a lot of good ideas. And um, the thing that stresses me out is like when you get in there, I hope it's not like so fast paced or like they just, you know, I hope they hear you when you get there and they don't um, like it's not to a point where they won't let you act on certain ideas and stuff like that. Because I always wonder that like people you know, will speak on some great ideas they get elected and we don't see them. And I wonder if it's because you're so busy, you just can't make them all happen. Or if maybe we don't have enough like uh, funding or focus or what it is. Um, but I'd like to um, follow your, your thoughts from day one to maybe midday to your last day. If you, you were to get in, maybe you could like let me know like how it's going in there. Like um, what were you able to accomplish? Will they listen to you? How hard is it to push an idea through? Um, just like um, what it takes to actually make make a good idea happen, you know? Because you know, there's a lot of smart people who have been elected and uh, who've told me some good things. Like I said, it's just I just didn't see it happen. I'm not saying that's gonna happen with you. I, I'm just curious on like how it is when you make it in, you know? Because mm -hmm. I haven't talked to a lot of the people after they got in to be able to pick the brain like that. But <coughs> I'm super curious, like I said, just what it's like in there. But um, hopefully, when you get in there, you just take over and make it all. <laughs> we see yeah. that we see that uh, scary at the bottom and stuff like that. Um, but you know, win, win or lose, you know, let's say you don't get in. Um, this is this is still very entertaining to see a young mind come through this process, and <laughs> like just to hear you say like on that first day, you're like, it was cool. I'm still here. I'm exhausted. I'm thankful for my family for all the help and support. Um, and you let us know like what you're being asked and how you're being approached and it kind of like it shaped my eyes a little bit because I wouldn't know what to expect that, that, that would be a very blind run for me um, and then to see your experience happen you know from this side it's it's very uh, entertaining for me because I'm like whoa look at her she made it through this one like the next round she's got and then if she gets in there she's going to be fighting against like not fighting against but talking with a lot of people what's the next age like they're in their late 30s at least right i'm in my well late 40s what's the gap what's <laughs> that's the age gap? it's i think it's crazy to think i think it's crazy to see how old we actually are um like my kid he's seven mm -hmm. and then my mom you know all of their age is turning into elderly um it yeah i'm 36 you're 36 uh -huh. okay so it, it is a pretty big age gap and um I'm hopeful that all the people my age will see, you know, what what I want to do, my goals, my ambitions, mm -hmm. what I want to work for. And I hope they all show up, you know, like yeah. um, <clears throat> the thing with it, too, is we have all these older people in there. We need to see it from our perspective, but we also need to show up yeah. our age people. We need to go vote. You need to, you know, say what your problems are, what I know everybody has been through something. We all need to communicate and definitely let each other know mm -hmm. their concerns. I uh, that's true. A lot of people my age, I asked them, "Did you go vote today? Did you go vote?" Oh no, I couldn't make it. All oh, this and that. I'm like, come on, you know. And it's, yeah, we, that's we need a good get point, out there and go vote. You're right. We are in our 30s already, and we're well, still yet not. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're still not like showing up to like the voting booths and stuff. I think there's more of an interest in it whenever. Um, I guess. 
that next age gap, forty and up, there are more. There is more of an interest in politics at that. I guess you're you're paying attention more to society, but we're still living. I mean, to be honest, like even us being in our thirties, we're still living like a pretty young life. You know, we're still running and going to the gym and doing these things, but. Um, I think maybe we're just not as focused on it. I don't know what it is about us not being into politics. Uh, I, I didn't really pay attention, to be like totally honest, until I came back from the military. And I was already like 27 when I started to really like, um, I guess, evaluate like how we are as a people, um, what, what our resources are, how we vote and all these things. Um, that was like, I was closer to 30, I think, and I started paying attention. So we really get in stride with like our political view when we're like 35. I would say, but that that stuff. You're right. We do need to show up. We do need to show up and like put emphasis on like the one. As soon as you're old enough to vote, let's go. Let, let's give it a shot. Yeah, and if you have kids, you need to vote. You know, you're right, yeah. the future. We are the future of the tribe. Mm-hmm, so definitely. everybody needs to show up and do their duties. If you could keep it simple for the listeners out there, if somebody just asked you, "Well, Julie, why should we vote for you?" What, what would you say? Um. I'd say I have a great work ethic, um, a quick learner. Uh, I will fight for our tribe um, through government, politics, uh, family stuff, common things that people go through. Um, I'm always willing to work, willing to learn, willing to help. Awesome. That's awesome. Definitely. And I've seen it firsthand with you. I've worked with you for, what, 10 years now? Almost? Yeah. Yeah, And I I know everything you say, you... You do. So, you definitely got my vote. Um. Um, you, seem, you seem very well, very well seasoned and stuff. And like I said, win or lose, this is um, super interesting to see. Um, I'm curious now to like what, what the primary age is for the tribal council now. I don't mean to like pry like that. It's kind of like rude. But um, just like wondering like how different your view is going to be than their view. And, you know, hopefully... You know, you if you make it through this next round of votes, that um, you're welcomed and people do respect you for having that type of um, a vision. I guess like you like you said, we're a little bit younger. Um, hopefully, they respect that and they want to hear from you rather than. Uh, I hope it's not like a good old boy club where you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it will be, but mm-hmm. that'll be the worst. You what know? does that mean exactly? I've heard that term before. It's kind of like. Um, you know, you're not even like say like in Julie's situation, you'd be like, you're not even old enough to sit at this table. Like, just let us mm. talk. We've been here for a while. You know, we support each other. We're you know, you're too young for this group. Just you know, it's kind of like the good old boy clubs. Like, uh, we know each other already. We're already tight with each other. You're oh, okay, not, you're not part of this group. You know, like there's a lot of ways to apply that. But yeah, in this situation, the good old boy club would kind of be like, um, you're you're not old enough to sit with us. You know, yeah, type deal. So I'm, um, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that would be like worst case scenario. They don't want to respect you. And we all have like that um, real naturalistic ability to judge people. And I think that's where um, our generation is a little bit more in tune with society is because we, we know now we've been influenced and we've been exposed to way more ways of thinking. Because, you know, when we were coming up, we saw certain things come to light, um, bullying big one bullying wasn't really bullying in my parents eyes it was just the way you grew up you know they would tell me sock and right in the face now it's like bullying is like okay come home you tell mom you tell dad we're gonna handle it with score and talk about it we got feelings you know i think we're more aware of our feelings um because we were raised in that time 
And I remember watching like, uh, say like, you know, we, we, we would, uh, we, we can't judge anybody for being gay now. You know, it's, we're, you're part of our society now. Let's accept you and respect you. And that was something in our time that we saw develop. Um, I would say maybe 20 years before us, uh, maybe it was more frowned upon. And so people have different views now, you know. I'm not um, judging anybody for being at uh, being older or anything, but we do have a different set of eyes. We did experience, um, we're like a little bit like more exposed to different ways of thinking now. We're a little bit more aware, you know. So there's a, there's a lot you can bring to the table. I know there is, and um, I think you are very uh, respectful, like you said, and approachable is huge too. Um, you were really approachable at your booth. I didn't feel intimidated and came up. I don't think anyone would really. Um, I, I think one of the things is to be approachable, but also to keep your pride, keep yourself, mm -hmm. um, hold yourself. If people come up to you, um, no matter how, how their attitude is, is that you, you know, you listen to them, try to understand where they're coming from, but still speak what you want to speak. Be right. yourself. Right. Um, yeah. I think um, me being at my age, I have witnessed the old old school, old way of life, struggling, uh, just different struggles that all almost all Native Americans go through. Um, but I've also overcome it, and everybody can overcome it. It's possible to get out of it. It's possible to stay on the good side. Um, I mean, to live alcohol-free or to... And one um, one thing people need to know about you, you've you've lived alcohol for your whole life, right? Yeah, I have. That's a that's amazing. That's awesome. Wow, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um that's a new thing to say. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot. I mean, not to say I haven't tasted alcohol <laughs> before, but I've seen a lot. A communion? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's I've seen a lot that it puts people through and I've never seen hardly anybody that have done stuff with alcohol that come out with a positive right. you know unless you're running a brewery and making all that money or something but um i think it's possible for you to just overcome everything that come like the negatives of living on the reservation you can go to school you can get out of your old way of living you can get a job i mean imagine our tribe if everyone went to work for eight good hours and just worked their hardest all of us did it. Yep. And you wouldn't have any guilt of, do you think I did that good enough? Or did I put my best out there? You know, mm -hmm. if everyone did that, imagine how strong we would be. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's just tough. And, and addiction is, is, a, is a big part of the reservation, you know, unfortunately. Uh, but you're right. We've all seen some form of it. It's tough. So you're setting a good example <laughs> for good. our tribe. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. What uh? So as far as like, uh, what what's the age you can even rent? Twenty seven, twenty six. I think that's what it said. Were you thinking about it when you hit when you hit that age? Like, or, or did, did it just come to you now? Um, I've had a few people bother me about it, um, <laughs> but I never kind of, you know, like my fear is like people are gonna say, you know, she's too she acts too good or she acts like this, act like that, and I'm just like, no, I. That's not me. That's not how I am. I just try to do stuff. I'm, I guess after I looked at it, I'm like, well, I already work hard for the community. I I have some good ideas. And everybody on that board now, um, 
I could say, I, you know, I could make those decisions. I'm that intelligent. I can, I can uh, look into every everything that they're doing, learn about it, and decide what's the best. And if not, ask people, and then learn about it and decide what's what's best. Um, I think when I was younger. Uh, Something that would have like threw me off is just like the total fear of speaking mm-hmm. um, publicly. But now that I see, I mean, what do they do? They speak publicly once, and then I could, you know, put it out there more, even through here. Even mm-hmm. the, you know, we could put more information out. But the biggest thing is just it's it's kind of funny, but it's just my public speaking. I was scared. That's why I never even thought about it. Mm-hmm. I always thought I could do that, but I'm not gonna go talk in front of the whole tribe i'm scared <laughs> that, well, that's one of the missions of, for me and blue for this whole podcast we want people to feel comfortable travel members to be, feel comfortable to come on here you know it's all that's why it's all audio right now we haven't put it out on video because we want um people to feel comfortable speaking and i mean it'd be great to have you on here if you get on travel council have you on here i don't want to say once a, maybe once a month i don't know maybe you can give your updates on here we'd be open that, to would, that, be cool. that, that yeah. would be awesome yeah so here's some things we talked about this month, and here's what we're going to try. And or even get questions from people and yes. see what they want answered. Yeah, we can do that. That's awesome. You seem like a very like solid pick. Um, like I think you're right. We do need our younger voters to show up. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And hopefully, I don't know if anyone's like even interested enough to go vote. You know, so I think that that's a huge problem there. Uh, we got to interest them somehow. <laughs> Just yeah. feel like I don't know what to do. Put on a lot of basketball tournaments before <laughs> I'll the- just I'll just put a tournament on up there <laughs> and then you're like hey by the way <laughs> on your way in. but yeah that's I hope a lot of people do turn out for you um we have our next vote when November 8th yeah yes Correct. so November 8th is the voting day November 4th is early voting Mom. so yeah you're gonna have your booth yeah I'll have a booth out there um, I'm probably going to do some sort of a meet and greet um, just to make it myself. I'd probably really will make it like some kind of a tournament like, um, what is it called? Cornhole or something. I'm thinking mm. oh, about nice. doing that. Yeah, just like cool. a free nonprofit tournament. Um, so I'll see what I can come up with and hopefully you guys can come bring a team, Cornhole, yeah. something for everyone. So I wanted to do that on the actual day, but we didn't have no time. Like the people were just coming up to me up to me and i was like dang i didn't i thought i'd have a little bit more mm-hmm. freedom but i didn't it, i was busy all day mm-hmm. literally uh you got you're gonna have to campaign hard huh? like, yeah i get am out there and talk to people I, I don't even know if anyone knew like everyone that needed to know knew you were voting um maybe because i didn't know you were running until when i think chris told me and it was like days before or something like that he's like you're gonna go vote for julie and I was like, wait, she's running? And that's when I, I got cur- curious about that. Uh, maybe a big announcement somehow. Uh, well, everyone might know. It's good you're doing a podcast and stuff. But, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I think you'd be a great addition to, their, to our council team right now. Um, the people that are in right now, I, I, I know I'm not trying to say they're doing a bad job by any means, you know. I think we're all human. We all try and we all want to do good things and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's always good to see a new dynamic come together, like, your ideas maybe you could utilize like Ardina's skills like she has like great skills in grant writing and then somebody else might have like another set of skills and doing something else good like um i think we just need a good dynamic of people in there yeah and i think um 
I have to say that I've learned a lot from other people, older people. Mm-hmm. My mom, uh, my boss, Sarah. You want to give them a shout out? Yeah. What's your mom's name? Jackie. Let's Big shout out to Jackie. All right. And what's? Uh, my boss, Sarah. She's she's a very strong woman. She's Definitely. a good teacher. Big shout out, Sarah. Um. I don't know who else. I know I've learned. I've learned from a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people work. Um, Glenda Brusuelas. I've seen her uh, at a young age. I saw her campaigning. I saw her working. It's just a lot of Native women that I've learned from, mm-hmm. and I want to learn those types of things, how they work, what they do, um, what kind of people they are. You know, strong ethics, but I also want to keep it me. I want to yeah. be myself. Yep. They, um, the older team that that is in there, no, no knock against age or anything. You know, they're they're going to be a huge resource for you too, and they'll all have that experience to just tell you like, here's what we tried, here's what doesn't work and stuff. So, um, I just think, like I said, we need a good team, and I think you'll make a great addition. So, um, good luck to you and everything. Um, I don't, I don't even know what to expect. Like this kind of seems um, new to you as well, and. It's, it's hard to like say like what's going to come out of it it's hard to say like this is what i'm there's this is something you can't really prepare for it doesn't seem like you know like you said you wanted to have that cornhole tournament that day but you were so busy like um this this has to be something that's like maybe keeps you up at night a little bit like you get a little like anxious like what's it going to be like tomorrow you know how's it going to be on that next round of votes and stuff and, and it's like it's very exciting very exciting for you and your family um i'm sure you have a lot of good support um, at home and with your husband and in your your family and stuff and you're gonna you're gonna need a lot of support definitely have our support um, definitely is there anything you want to hit on chris or um is there anything else you do we might have missed is there, that we didn't talk about that you want um i know a lot of people ask me about veterans and what you know what i think that they deserve mm-hmm. um my grandpa baldwin yeah. he he ran the the post for the veterans where yeah, they have the powwows. Yeah. yeah. So he ran that a lot. I think he's getting ready to give it up because he's getting pretty old. But um, I think they deserve they deserve all what they get, what everything. I know, like, when Gabe was in there, he did a lot. He, he asked for, um, you know, like, programs for them, yeah. for events for them. I think they deserve, they deserve good. They did the work and... They deserve it. We we should take care of our veterans in Mescalero. Yep. I've had I had a couple of people come up to me and ask me. Um, I don't I don't have a lot of ideas about it, but I do know that I'm open to people telling me, you know, this is my idea, this is what I want to do, and I can help them. I I can run events. I can make events happen, even with even not being on the council. I like to to mm-hmm. make things happen. Yeah. So, yeah. As a, as a veteran, I'll tell you, one of the biggest struggles for me was coming home because um, I didn't know. Like, there, maybe there was something for me, but I didn't know about it. I didn't have, like, anywhere to come home to, you know. So, like, I, I served, and you know, it was time to get out, and I was like, well, where do I live? Like, do I just jump on the land list, and do, how long is that going to take? Like, I'm coming home now, you know. So, people were trying to prep me before. They are like, well, you should have put your name in for land, like, years ago, and but I'm like, I didn't know I was getting out. I didn't know I was going to do five and be done. I was kind of thinking maybe I'll do 20. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to prep for when you get down the military. And I, and I didn't really have anywhere to come home to. So I ended up buying, like, some land and stuff off the reservation because that's, that's all I could do. You know, and I just bought a house because I needed somewhere, like, right now. 
And now I'm in a position where I'm, this isn't in my sights right now. But like, say like I wanted to run for tribal council or do something myself. I couldn't because now I'm living off the reservation. And as a veteran, I'm like, dang, you know, there was nowhere for me to come home to. And I can't like live on the res. There's no program for me. Like, you know, I had to make it by myself afterwards. I kind of felt shunned, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's always been like a big problem of mine, like personally. I've always felt like a little bit like like shunned in some way. And I was thinking like as a vet, I was thinking maybe that I shouldn't have felt that way at all. Like maybe I should have been like, man, you you, you know, you went out, you served the country. Here's a place, you know, let's help you out. It's a small community. And I'm not asking for handouts and stuff, but just making it not so hard to find somewhere to live when you come home. Like seems like very basic, you know. So that was that was a hard one for me too. So I love my little rant for the day. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, um, I really appreciate like all your enthusiasm and you being so upbeat throughout all of this. And sometimes you know you get a personality that doesn't like vibe right, but you, you got you got everything. Um, I don't I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be voted in. Um, I think you're gonna do very well if you you know we make it to that next round. I hope you do, uh, especially because like we keep talking about it, but we do need a younger voice in there. You've, you've seen a lot of great things evolve before you. you got a lot to bring to the table. Um, just good luck to you again, and thank you for, for reaching out and coming on. You know, it's, yeah. it's people like you that make this podcast, you know, happen and even relevant. Uh, sometimes I wonder, like, what are we doing, Chris? And then <laughs> he's like, Julian wants to come on the podcast. Oh, great. You know, let's do that. Let's have another conversation. So um, just thank you for coming on and bringing your family and stuff. And uh, big shout out to your big shout out to your husband. He seems to be a very great resource for you. Yeah, uh, my husband is the best. He yeah. helps me do everything. He's, I saw him at the booth. He takes care of the kiddo. He's he's here. He's taking care of the kiddo. Yeah. He seems to be like a really solid dude. So, um, you know, big shout out to Aaron Kedazini. Yeah, big shout out to him. Oh, yeah. and, and, and Duty and my daughter, Alaria Kehe. How do you say her name? Alaria. Alaria? Yeah, she's at home cooking. Nice. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Alaria. All righty. Was that everything? Yes. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go vote. Make sure you go out there November 8th. Julie Kerezini. All right. We want to wrap it up with 10 fun questions of the rest? Oh, yeah. I was thinking to do that. This is your first time, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, shoot. Okay. 10 fun questions of the rest. The way we do this, Julie, I don't know if you've heard, but we just ask 10 fun questions. No right or wrong answer. And the first thing that comes to your mind. So, you're going to have to help me again, Blue, because I don't have the, you know. Um, (laughs) First question, hunting or fishing? Hunting. Hunting. Awesome. Um, Tribal store or uh, Casino Apache Travel Center store? Now it's definitely Casino Apache Travel Center store. (laughs) Okay. Um, Old Road or East L.A.? Old Road. (laughs) Old Road. Do you like soul group? <laughs> okay. Um, mm, it's like fry bread. Oh, yeah. Uh, f- fry bread and a bowl of chili or stuff fry bread? Fry bread and a bowl of chili. Fry bread and a bowl of chili. As you had it, your booth, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to go back to your booth. Um, Club 49 or actual Feast 49? Feast 49, for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Feast 49, cool. Uh, favorite booth at the Feast? Mm. Last year, it was probably Anthony's haircuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. And we definitely need yeah. to get him on here. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Matter of fact, 
Um, anybody, I need to say this real quick. Anybody else that wants to be on this podcast, if you're running for council or anything that you're doing good in Mescalero, we want you on here. This is the platform for you. So I just need to get that off. Okay. My favorite thing about Mescalero is? Uh, res ball. Res yeah. ball. Nice. I'm most thankful for? Family. Family. Um, I think one was like, my, my name is, and I love. That's the last one. That's the last one. Yeah. Right. So. And it was like Windows or was it? Windows oh yeah, Windows or are, Windows or Broken Arrow. Mm, Windows. Windows. Well, nice. Now we have the food court out of the three. Oh, yeah. Where would you go? Like right now. Carrizo Canyon. Carrizo Canyon. Carrizo Canyon. Coffee, Coffee House. Oh, <laughs> awesome. All right. My name is Julie Kitazini, and I'm, and I love. Aaron and Jude and Elyria. Awesome. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you get out and vote November 8th. Julie Kitazini. This is Riding on the Wall Podcast. We'll talk to y'all next time. Cool. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.